0: welcome to training for womanhood be fit be healthy be happy where i help you go through some of the overlooked health issues that we as women go through during womanhood hi and welcome to another episode the topic of the day is insomnia yeah i gonna talk about what is insomnia, the causes of insomnia, the results on the body of insomnia. I'm gonna look a little bit at stress, long-term and short-term stress, and what to do to reduce stress and to finally take a look at sleep hygiene. So, what is insomnia? Insomnia is a sleep disorder. It's sleeplessness or basically trouble sleeping, trouble falling asleep, and staying asleep for as long as desired. Let's talk about the causes of insomnia. This could be menopause, everything jumps back to menopause. Once we get to that mid-life, this is hormone imbalance, okay? So it could also be night sweats, hot flushes, anxiety, depression, working in shifts, environmental noise, It could be a medical condition, the snoring noise of a partner, overactive mind, and it could also be, of course, pregnancy. If we take it back to basics, a healthy body sleeps well. It sleeps very well. But when there's an imbalance, we find it difficult to sleep, difficult to stay asleep, and we need to look at the causes of that. Sleep is more than just rest. Sleep defines our ability to function during the waking day. And if that's interrupted continuously over a long period of time, our ability to function during the day diminishes. The results of insomnia is fatigue, irritability, weight gain, poor judgment, mental health issues, loss of apathy, drinking more caffeine to stay awake, then taking drugs to go to sleep. During sleep, toxins are cleared from the body. If these toxins aren't cleared over a long period of time, they build up and they can cause issues within the body. One of those issues being type 2 diabetes, as the body isn't clearing sugars built up over a period of time. Russell Foster, professor of Circadian Neuroscience and the head of the Sleep and Circadian Neuroscience Institute has said the tired brain remembers the negative experiences and loses the positive experience. So if you think about it a tired brain can give you a very negative view of the world which can lead to depression, anxiety and a number of other things. The tired brain can affect your mental health. If we look at stress as being one of uh, the deciders, whether you have a good night's sleep or not, we look at short-term stress and we can look at long-term stress. Now, short-term stress is good. It's good for the body. It allows you that flight or flight situation. It makes the immune system more robust. Uh, it helps you you know, if you want to work to a deadline. That short-term stress and it's quite good but when we look at long-term stress and the release of the stress hormones cortisol and adrenaline it could be quite bad over a long period of time the release of cortisol and adrenaline increase the heart rate put pressure on the cardiovascular system can change our immune system affects our memory as i said and cognitive function also the reproductive physiology so i.e. affects the release of the sex hormones oestrogen and progesterone so what can we do to reduce stress on our bodies reduce our physical stress mental stress so that we can get more sleep put more sleep in get more hours in allowing us to function a little bit better the next day people say you need to step back you need to relax but that is easier said than done right For me, there's not enough hours in the day to literally complete everything that I need to complete. So I go to bed later, but then I'm still waking up at a set time every day. So my sleep window is very narrow, maybe about four to five hours. And then this carries on day to day, and I'm in sleep deficit. So by the weekend, what I do is just sleep, try to sleep. So what we can do is sleep for eight hours. But is that possible? I mean, it's not one size fits all. We don't all need eight hours sleep. Some people function perfectly well on five to six hours sleep. Some people need eight or nine. So how many hours you need, you need to define that. How many hours allows you to perform at your best? How many hours allows you to fulfill your potential daily? Remember, sleep is free. We can take it whenever we want, but you need to decide for yourself how many hours is good for you. How do you know if you're getting enough sleep? As women in midlife, what we need to do is to define how much sleep we need and stick to it. Question, do you rely on an alarm clock? Do you oversleep frequently? Do you snooze for long periods? Do you drink a lot of caffeine to keep up, keep awake? Do you take naps? If you've answered yes to a few or a couple of these questions, then I would say that you're not getting enough sleep. Also for me, sleep is not in a single block. As I said to you, I'm sleeping in a very, very short window. I will sleep a couple of hours, a few hours, wake up, then sleep another few hours. So it's what works for you. If you find it difficult to sleep, why not try getting out early in the morning and catching that morning light exposure. That, apparently, helps the sleep-wake cycle. It helps the body clock. Some people stress about not sleeping. Can you believe? This causes issues clock watching. That happens, cover the dial, cover the clock, remove it. Naps are really good at mitigating any sleep disorders you might have. But take care because the longer you begin to nap, the deeper you will sleep. This will then push back the sleep window and it pushes back your sleep time. Also exercise is extremely good, but remember do not exercise close to your sleep window as it raises the body temperature which interferes with the normal nighttime drop in temperature of the body. This will of course challenge your sleep. There are a number of myths around sleeping and how to get better sleep. One of them are the sleep rules. There are a number of sleep rules. The 10, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, so many, the 90 minute rule, so many rules, but I'll talk about those later. They say that you shouldn't nap, but you should nap because napping helps sleep. They say that you shouldn't nap, but of course, sleeping reduces cortisol and adrenaline, which of course will help you sleep better at night. They say that sleep problems go away on their own. Nope, a lot of people have insomnia for most of their lives. They say sleeping pills are the cure. What sleeping pills actually do, they actually sedate you. It's actually sticking plaster over a big problem. When you go to the GP and they do bloods, they say it's all in your head. There's nothing wrong with you. Your blood work is normal. But if you aren't sleeping, there is an hormonal imbalance. Something isn't right and we need to get to the bottom of it. If we take a look at sleep hygiene, it gives us healthy habits to practice in the day to help us get a good night's sleep. Children have good pre-sleep practices. Babies have good sleep practices. What we do, we prepare them for bed. Nice soothing bath. The Body is creamed down, oiled down. We might put some lavender on the pillow we sing a lullaby, we read a book. All these things aid for a better sleep. Sometimes we need to look at putting in some practices like that for ourselves if we are having issues falling to sleep. As I said, there are a number of sleep rules. You've got the 90 minute rule, the 10 3 2 1 0, which I like. So the 10 3 2 1 is a set of rules that create the perfect nighttime routine to ensure a good night's sleep. So 10 hours before your bedtime, have no caffeine, no caffeine at all. So what I do, my last cup of coffee is about 10 o'clock in the morning. I only have two. I used to be really bad and have coffee up until two o'clock in the afternoon. But now I'm rationed down to two cups of coffee both of them before 10 o'clock in the morning. Three hours before bed, no food, no alcohol. We need to minimize the intake prior to sleep. Okay, that gets the uh, digestive system to calm down. Two hours before bed, no more work. This calms the brain, gets the activity reduced. One hour before bed, no more screen time. This includes laptops as well as mobile phones. Any device, lock it off. We need to reduce the mental activity. We need to reduce the stress. We need to reduce anxiety. All of this will help us to have a better night's sleep. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Training for Womanhood. Be fit, be healthy, be happy. Please stay tuned for future episodes and do please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at dnice.fitness, that's a D-N-Y-C-E, or via my website dnicefitness.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you and if you have questions of your own or need advice about your health and well-being or womanhood in general, please do send them through my way and I'll respond directly and also in future episodes. This podcast has been brought to you by D-Nice Fitness and produced by the great team at the Podcast Boutique. I'm your host, Denise Campbell. Have a wonderful week. Until next time.